0: Just Greeks and Beats, episode 20, Growing Up Greek in Chicago. The reason why I sang that to start off this uh, podcast episode is because that's pretty much how I feel, like my tail's been cut off and I've gone missing in oblivion the last few weeks. That's right guys, welcome to episode 20 of Just Greeks and Beats. Guys, um, this is an absolutely fantastic episode that we're going to be uh, listening to shortly, or you will be. I've already listened to it because uh, I'm the one that recorded it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's been a few weeks now since uh, you've heard uh, an episode. The last one was obviously episode 19 um, with Yanat Terzi. And um, it, it's funny because the time difference between Australia and America is fast it's not as close as what it is with Greece where I can ring them at um, you know eight o'clock at night and it's just after lunchtime over there here I'm ringing uh, America at around 10 o'clock in the morning which happens to be about 7 8 o'clock at night for them so it's a very very big time difference um, and it's been difficult to you know organize these uh, next couple of interviews but we got there we've done it and it's going to be super. Wait till you're listening uh, with our special guest today, Nikitas Kostadinov from Chicago, and you're going to hear all about him and why his name doesn't actually sound that Greek to you. <laughs> A lot of things have happened around the world, especially here in Australia the last few weeks. Um You know, it's a very, very important thing for everyone, regardless of whether you are Greek or not and wherever you are in the world to get yourself checked in. Um, You know, go check out your mental health. See, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling run down and you just don't know what is going on, please, please go seek some help. Go have a chat to someone. If you really want, email me, admin at geffy.live, and we will have a chat. I'm open to every conversation, guys, because the more I can talk to you to help you, the more lives we can save together. Um, and, you know, mental health is a very big issue over the last few months with everyone being closed away from the loved ones, especially with all this quarantine stuff that's going on. So I know it's nothing to do with my Greek podcast, but it is everything to do with humanity. And that is check on your neighbor, check on your family. If everyone is doing great, fantastic. But if you feel like something is off, or if you feel like you're off, have a chat to someone. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, Let's get back into the podcast. This is a super episode. I'm really excited to be comparing the similarities and the differences between the Greeks growing up in America, in this instance Chicago, and the Greeks growing up here in Australia, and obviously this instance Adelaide. Um, Let's get into it. I think that's it for now. We'll get back to a bit more about the uh, future episodes after this interview. Bye, me. Well, welcome to my podcast, Nikita, and thank you for giving us your time.
1: Yasu so Valanti, Yasu. So. Hello, everybody. Hello from Chicago.
0: It's it's you know, I I'm really thankful for this opportunity because I know that the difference in time between Adelaide and Chicago is um what is about 14 hours. What time is it there now?
1: Right now it is yeah, back, so It is uh seven forty five at night.
0: Seven forty five. So, yeah. Here it's um,
1: 740, 7.47, I might be off a couple of minutes, but I was it, is it 14 hours and a half difference or 16? I, think I don't remember.
0: 14 and a half uh, at the moment, it's quarter past so. 10, so 10.15 10, in the morning. Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. So there you go. I mean, the very big difference. Um, you're still in, uh, well, you know, I'm recording on a Thursday here, You're you're still experiencing Wednesday. Um, yes, so that is right, yeah. the date hasn't clicked over for you yet, but uh, that's okay. You know that's that's the way the magic works around the world. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah,
0: it's. Uh... <laughs> go on. No, no, no. Go
1: on, Go on, You're good.
0: Um, now, Nikita, like I said, uh, you know we've been uh, we've been a bit of a, a Facebook uh, friend for quite some time now, and we've been obviously connected together via the music industry because. Um, you are a, a a part-time DJ over there. It's one of the things that you really love to do and experience. Um, and I ended up playing one of your mixes on my radio show here in little old Adelaide, um, which a friend of a mutual friend of ours actually tagged you in, going, "Oh, listen to this," and th- that's how we um, struck a bit of a friendship. So yeah, it was it was through uh, Costa. Yeah, Postolero, Little Costa, right? yeah, that's right.
1: Little Costa, yeah, exactly. He's been following me actually on uh, my social media sites and on SoundCloud and my YouTube mixes. Very good. Mate, very, that, very kid, good
0: that kid, I'm telling you, is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, You oh, should I just bl- hear some I of bl- his mixes. Oh, wow.
1: I have. I'm, I'm, I'm subscribed to his uh, SoundCloud and he's got some awesome stuff. Very, very good stuff. And what I like is, He pays attention to his transitions and his transitions are awesome and that's one of the most important things as a DJ because anybody can download the top 40 songs of the year and just splice it up together and just put it together as a mix but if you can make it flow and have your transitions you know make it you know kind of like tell a story you know what I mean that you know and he's able to do that and at such a young age you don't see that too often you know that's right that's
0: right I, I say that there's two types of DJs there's a DJ that knows what to do how to mix how to transition and all that and then there's the um what I call the jukebox DJ which is a, a stop start type DJ you know they uh, they grab the best songs and um, they find just the cue point and bang they'll just stop one song go straight into another yeah
1: exactly I, I know exactly I know exactly what you mean yeah now what I'm uh
0: yeah sorry I'll cut no, you off no, there
1: not no worries, I, got, I may have got cut off. It might be the connection. If that happens, I do apologize. But, um, um, uh, but anyways, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Oh, so I was just going to get into a little bit about yourself. I want, I want to hear about, um, you know, you and uh, a little bit of ba- your background.
1: Of course, of course. Um, uh, I don't know. Where would you like me to start off, Eli?
0: Um, uh, well, tell us. You were born, in, uh, born and bred in America?
1: Yes, that is correct. I was born here in Chicago, in uh, in America. I'm um, first generation. Both my parents immigrated though and um, my father he came here in the '80s, particularly my, I want to say '83, '84, a couple years And then a few years before that, in the late '70s, mid '70s, actually, my mother came here with um, with my three uncles, her three brothers, and my papu and my yaya. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I was uh, born over here, um, educated as Opera. I went to both what we call American school and Greek school. I can make it to Greek school by yeah. one of the um, um, by one of the Orthodox parishes that's actually close by my house in You were able to go usually it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, I want to say from like four o'clock until seven, so three hours each uh, each Thursday and Tuesday, and that was what you called your Greek school, Equipera Matines. Um, we had dance classes there during there, all all that good stuff. I guess you can say. Well, so and then it's on, very on same with of, us uh,
0: here. You know, we had. Um, uh, I I did Greek school too. Out of my school hours, which was Saturday mornings from nine o'clock till twelve p.m. So four now hours. Now that's of, interesting. Saturday
1: mornings. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We didn't. Uh, wow, that never crossed my crossed our mind as a better. It was always right after a regular school day, like Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's interesting. Wow.
0: Saturday morning. Oh, boy. Look, it it was a bonus to us in the fact that once the normal school day was over, we could go home and get on with our night rather than going back and learning more. I mean, when you've done um, 9 o'clock till 3 p.m. of uh, schooling, the last thing you want is another three, four hours of schooling after that. Um, So they did it Saturday mornings. But the downfall of having it Saturday mornings is that growing up, I missed out on playing a lot of sports because my parents were really hot on me um, learning and understanding the language. So mm-hmm. I, I missed out on playing sports on that Saturday morning when the regular competitions would be on. That was the only bad part about it, but you know, I'm grateful that I got to learn the, the mother tongue. Absolutely,
1: my parents were the same way. They're like, you have to learn the language, um, more, I guess you could say more authentically and fluently uh, when I was growing, when I was growing up, I grew up with, um, uh, my mom, both my parents and of course, uh, her, my grandparents from, from my mom's side of the family. So the whole household, I mean, I would speak English when I was in school, but coming home, we spoke Elinika, we spoke Greek yeah. in the house constantly. To be honest, actually, Talinika was my first language before I learned English this when I first mine. started talking. You know, so when I ended up going to Greek school, it was, and I had already kind of learned how to read and write it with the help of my papu and my ayah and my parents. And so going to Greek school, it just, for me, it kind of, I guess was more like finessing it, I guess you can say, for lack of (laughs) a better word. Um, So, you know, when I was going to Greek school, it was actually, for me, it was actually very easy. I understood our culture already. I understood a lot of our religion and, um, you know, but I was I was glad I was able to go. I was glad it helped me, help me with my skills, help me learn the mother tongue even more fluently, much better. You know, I was able to learn a few things that maybe I wasn't able to learn here on my own or through my parents, my grandparents. You know, listening to a lot of their stories growing up from the from when they were growing up in Greece. You know,
0: uh, did did you um, growing up as an American Greek kid? Did you cop a lot of the stories from your young people about? the times that they uh, migrated to the United States of America with one empty suitcase and uh, a missing shoe. And, you know, they all they would do back in the homeland would uh, be, you know, look after oh. the provata.
1: Yeah, you, you, just, you just literally told my papu's story. <laughs> he came here with a suitcase full of everybody's clothes with four kids, including my mom and my They didn't speak the language and they came from Elada to here in Chicago. You know, literally. You know, they had shoes on their feet. Nobody was missing a shoe, luckily. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's literally the story right there. I'd,
0: I'd be very interested to know why. Um, why did they choose Chicago out of all the places in America?
1: Well, my uh, at the time my uh, opater. We'll start off with my dad. Opaterosmo. His, um, his one, one of his sisters, Matthias, she was living and she was married already here in Chicago. Right. And my papu from my mom's side of the family had a brother, my great uncle, and a he was living here in Chicago too. So that's where the connection comes from. Both of them coming to Chicago. Now, my mom, you know, when, as, as they got older and I was getting older, she would tell my papu, why don't you want, why don't we go down to Florida over there? Over right. keep us Miami or Tampa. Much nicer weather, you know, get away from this winter and this cold. But, you know, they came over here being that there was family here already from both sides of the family, and that's how
0: they were able to meet, so. Right, okay. Now, I want to um, touch on your name, because uh, obviously it's a very interesting name being a, of a uh, Greek background, um, Nikitas Kostadinov. That sounds a little bit, is- more, uh, a little bit more northern Greeks.
1: That's that correct. Opaterosmu is, is called Gergelia. Now, a lot of people that are from northern Greece, up to Macedonia and Thraki, they know that corio. it's right on the scene where i uh, and with the Skopje. Okay?
0: Right. So that's
1: where you get that Z from the last name, Kostasinov. Now, my first name, Nikita, My uh, we don't have a Nikita in the family. But when my parents were looking through, I guess the religious book of looking at saints and their names and such, they really liked that name a lot. Um, uh, and they saw what it meant. In Nikita, he's known for the saints um, that you pray to to prevent any sort of birth defects or illnesses on your children whenever they're born.
0: Right. Um, best okay. way I can
1: phrase it. So actually, um, the Sabbath feast of Saint Nikita was actually yes was actually
0: on Tuesday, September fifteenth, as a matter of fact. So we had, like, a nice dinner over here at the house. What, two days ago? Grona su Yeah. That's very interesting. So you've got no, no other Nikitas in your family? In my family,
1: no. We do have a few Nikos, but there's no Nikita in the family. Now, the prominent name in my family is for guys, it's Yanni. Yeah, for girls, it's Costadina. Those are the two popular names in my family. Very so,
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit like me. In my family, I'm the only Christovalandi. There is no other Christovalandis in my family because my name was daxid um, to the saint I, um, Irene um, purely because my parents were struggling to have children. And this is a saint of fertility. And uh, the rule was that if you um, pray to this saint, you have to... Um, uh, Give your firstborn child the name after the saint. So I've got no chrysovalandis. My family names are Kostadino wow. and Dimitra. So you know, I would have that's been funny. a Costadino.
1: My guy is Costadina and my mom is Dimitra. as a matter that's funny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, granted, it's it's not it's not really that uncommon of Greek names, to be honest. I mean you know no, that's so right. and Dimitra. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> you know. But um so are you an only child or do you have siblings
1: i actually am an only child as a matter of fact which is very surprising most people think growing up in a greek family you think oh you probably have like three brothers or like 12 sisters i'm like no i am an only child i I have a whole lot of cousins a lot of them yeah a lot of them
0: so your uh, your uncles and aunties were the ones that uh, went out there and uh, populated
1: yeah, my one uncle wanted to create, like, you know, he wanted to field uh, an 11-man squad, <laughs> cities, you know, so <laughs> is what he was trying to go for, and then I have, uh, most of my old uncles and my aunts, they did, they, bore. they bared a lot of children, my mom and my dad were the ones, like, one is enough, I guess they got tired of me after, you know, my first, you know, five, six years of growing up, they're like, alright, that's it, one is enough.
0: oh wow that's awesome that's awesome hey um before we get into a little bit about the greek community and um everything greek how did you get into the music industry well i um well it has to
1: go back okay it goes back to my roots of my father plays guitar both acoustic electric he can play bouzouki but his thing is more so electric and acoustic guitar and then also from my mom's side of the family o papusmo o Ioannis, he played clarino as a matter of fact oh, and then wow. he had a cousin that also played clarino and my one of my mom's older brothers my Tio Costa, he plays clarino as well so oh, and wow. my dad was in a band when he was young playing guitar etc and then my papu sometimes he would play clarino at the Stokurio and the panigiri every now and then um, but he got so busy with the provata and helping to raise his younger brother and sisters that he didn't have time to become a traveling musician, musicos, you know, but um, uh, that's where I would say I get my influence. I guess you could say I feel like I was born with music in me. Yeah. And um, at, the age of, uh, at the age of four years old, I would take out my Agas and my mom's pots and pans, and I would start playing on them like drums. So um so after about a couple months they got tired of that. So they told my dad to Natupas, Napadis send a drum set, and you know, tell you so that's it. So
0: So you started off as a drummer?
1: Yep, and I still do play drums. I still play drums. That's my I guess you could say my first love, my first passion. Um drums, tumperelecki, dauli, anything that's a drum, I can and will play it. Um, as far as Blickra, as far as keyboards, I picked that up on my own at the age of thirteen years old, almost fourteen years old. Now, I don't know where I got the influence from, to be honest, for that. I guess I just this you know, maybe I saw one of my cousins playing piano one time, it didn't interest me. And so we went out to one of the electronics stores out here in Chicago and I bought kind of like a cheap one to practice on and then it just kind of went from there. And then I kind of did the research on my own, learning how to read the music on my own. And where I learned to play on was listening to Greek songs, both new and old, and playing along with them, listening by ear. And that's where I was able to kind of learn how to play piano over the, I guess you could say over the last like 16, 17 years, is just listening to Greek music and playing it by ear. Apokey.
0: Wow, that is super that that the very very musical background yeah yeah i I guess,
1: yeah, I guess you could say i you know i like to think that you know because it's, music is a huge part of my family from both sides of the family that's where i like to think i get my influence from i guess um nobody in my family plays drums i'm the only drummer but uh so i don't know where it came about that but you know
0: okay it's, uh, so yeah just just touching back on the on the Calarino influence so what part I didn't ask this earlier what part of Greece is your mother's side from
1: my mother's side from is from Tripoli Ah, right and, Tripoli. um of course yeah and and I would say 75 percent of Chicago came from Tripoli like everybody from Tripoli back in the 60s and 70s packed up their bags and everybody came here to Chicago that's what it seems like because in Chicago the majority in the Tripoli chotes from all the courtyard surrounding Tripoli there
0: you go well, Literally. obviously that would have been another draw card for your your grandfather when he decided to pack up and go to America
1: absolutely yeah that was another that was uh that was also another major influence the a lot I, of people that family from, like from Tripoli they came here they you know they either sent back money or they sent back uh, gifts or and this and that and they would talk to a lot of the relatives seen that they would tell them listen if you're going to come to the United States come to Chicago there's a lot of us from Tripoli that live here.
0: So Wow, tote. That's where my pa- that's where my family's from.: we, I, I I grew now. up loving the clarino and I still do. Me too. I, you know it's just one of the most amazing instruments uh, when it comes to really wanting to feel like you're in Greece. Um, every time I hear that clarino, it just drives me insane.
1: Like th- the same thing with me. There's just something about listening to the motika when they come on or clarion music in general and it comes on and it's just like like where I can be doing anything at that moment and then my mind or attention will turn to that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming
0: from.
1: Um, the koryo the that my mom is from in Tripoli is just outside northeast of Tripoli. is called Sinyades. It's a small little koryo. It's yep. close to Capsha and Lvivi.
0: Oh, so uh, near Levivi or she's from Levivi. No, she's,
1: she's near Lvivi. She's, from, she's
0: uh, near Levivi. Right, yeah. Well, that's um, half my family's from around that area too. So, huh. oh, wow, that is just so good. It's so good. There's another connection that we have.
1: <laughs> yeah, Anathema, there you go. Tripoli, either here oh. in Chicago or in Australia. It's it,
0: Now, have you spent time um, back in Greece?
1: Yes, I have, actually, yes. I've gone, uh, usually I go every couple of years, ever since I was a little kid, ever since I was a little kid, um, uh, since I was like a newborn, basically. I've been going every couple of years. I usually go. Uh, Last time I went was in 2018. And usually when I go, before, of course, I started um, – before I graduated college and I ended up started working full time, um, I would go typically to Elada, typically it was around middle of July, and then we I'd go until like end of July, basically, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, end of August, my apologies. So I would usually go for about maybe two months, sometimes six weeks. Yeah. in August. That's when I wanted to go when all the funny giddy are
0: and this and that. Oh, of so. course, of course. I mean, I was uh, I had planned to go to Greece this year and take my mother back with me, who hasn't been to Greece for forty two years. And oh my uh, goodness, I know it's just a shocker. And we finally organised the trip, had it all paid for, and then we all got visited by our friend uh, the coronavirus and uh, okay. shut us oh all down. God. So we uh, we no longer had the opportunity to go so my mum, my mom has been very depressed since um because she was so close to just touching foot on on her holy land again uh but uh yeah it just uh, wasn't meant to be this year
1: it wasn't meant to be this year i'm Uh, so so sorry to hear that feeling That, that that that's extremely heartbreaking it has to be Wow! I know
0: know. and my father hasn't been back since uh, 1998 so you know my 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 father is the type that's that he's like well both my parents have passed Um, there's nothing left for me in Greece and I'm thinking yeah there is there's you've still got ancestral connections there you your whole family you know everything is there um you know and it was just going to be this very special trip but it doesn't matter there's always next year or the year after
1: to to ta na to I was um i was actually supposed to be getting married in june of this year stinelada with my fiance inekelinida um uh, here in chicago and we wanted to get our married back in greece in Ελλάδα. Unfortunately, our good old friend, the COVID-19 coronavirus came and paid a visit this year. So we have to postpone everything to next year. So,
0: it's uh, it's disappointing. Know. It's, it's it, so it, disappointing. It is
1: disappointing. It is disappointing.
0: Uh, you know? are, your, are you guys still affected quite heavily over there? Um, over here, well,
1: let's put it this way. Some parts of the country are under more stricter restrictions versus other parts of the country are not as much. Um, here, I'll give you an example. Um, New York is still under very heavily strict restrictions for things and for businesses opening up and for schools. Yep. Whereas here in Chicago, not, the schools are open, but kids are not going to school. They're doing uh, e learning and online courses, et cetera, all the way down to elementary school. Yeah. Um, but uh, small businesses have been able to open, of course, with a certain percentage of capacity. Like, for example, you could only have about um, 25% of your total occupancy in your establishment, for example. Right. So, um, in um, other words,
0: if, if a coffee shop allows 100 people on any normal circumstance, only 25 people can enter that store.
1: Right. And that's only indoors. Now, if you have outdoor seating, that can be unlimited as long as the tables
0: are six feet apart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Basically. Yeah.
0: Same here social distancing. Yeah. Yeah, social distancing.
1: That love, that love, that lovely phrase. I've been hearing it a million oh, times it's, this it's, year.
0: It's horrible. Now, I mean, I work during the week, so I've got no issues there. But on the weekends, I run a little business. I do wedding DJing and MCing, and you know, just the amount of weddings that just have been cancelled because of the fact that they can't invite people to their wedding um you know we're talking about europeans here europeans don't have weddings for 10 people they have two three hundred people at these weddings and if you're not allowed to have a quarter of that then what's the point of getting
1: married of course i'm the same way my side business is also doing the greek wedding djing baptisms, etc and all my gigs luckily none of them have been canceled but they've all been postponed now when they're going to start doing them i'm not sure you know so i feel you exactly i had a whole lineup going on for this year everything's been postponed so i I know exactly what you mean because it's the same thing over here the um the halls that they normally would have the or the venues that normally have these weddings for example um they could only do a certain percentage of occupancy and you know if you're going to have three, 400 people, but you could only have a quarter of them. People are like, you know, I just would rather wait till next year. And there's also people that do have that general fear of the, of actual Corona. So they don't want to take the risk of people coming to the wedding and then they leave sick or something like that.
0: Yeah, I absolutely. It's just, you know, it's crazy. so I, I know, I know exactly where you're coming from. I know. Ah, uh, just, uh, well, look, um, let's, let's get into a little bit more of a, I guess, uplifting topic because coronavirus and all that is just a depressing thing to talk about. Um, of but course. Give me an idea um, for all my listeners here in Australia of what um, how big is the Greek community over in Chicago?
1: It is one of the largest, I would say, in North America. Um, the largest, to be honest, I think is still New York, New York City. Um, and then I would have to say... It could flip flop between Chicago and Toronto, but I know Chicago is in the top three. Um, last time I checked, I think there's a little over four hundred thousand Greeks just in Chicago alone in the city. Wow! Now we have what we now what we have is called the Chicagoland region. So that means not everybody lives in the actual city of Chicago. We live in surrounding suburbs and surrounding uh, yep. areas, yep. of course. So in total, it's about four hundred. Forty thousand, maybe more give or take i want to say at least here in the city of chicago now that's less than new york and i believe it might be less than toronto i'm not entirely sure but um i do know we are top three in the north america at the moment
0: wow that that is huge i didn't expect to hear that number (laughs) yeah yeah you know when i tell people that they're like oh my
1: god that's that's a lot of people, but in uh in a area, the Chicagoland region, as I like to call it, is has about nine million to almost ten million people. You know, so on a grand scale, four hundred forty thousand of that, I guess you can say, is like a smaller percentage. I guess. Yeah, you can I call guess, it that. I mean, you, you know, know? The,
0: when you're talking millions of people in one state, um, here in Australia, we can't compare because we've only got uh what about twenty twenty two million, 22 million i think australia wide um the, so
1: the, the countrywide you're
0: saying yeah right? countrywide yeah of course okay um so you know we're in in population we're very small compared to uh what you guys are you know just one state has uh numbers like that <laughs> it's crazy over there
1: well it, it is and um a lot of, uh, a lot of American cities, they have designated areas that are called Greek town is like what we would like to call. I'm sure you've probably heard phrases like that before. Um, uh, in Chicago, we have a Greek town and there's one main street that goes, that goes through the city. And for like a good, maybe six, seven city blocks is where you got a lot of our Greek restaurants, a lot of our clubs, a lot of small uh, business, business owners that are Greek, they have their coffee shops, their restaurants nail salons, uh, you know, uh, their bars, their clubs, et cetera. So okay, Kipeda, there's a lot of uh, tourists, I guess you can say, if you want to call them people that come visit the Chicago or they're from out of town on business or anything. And they like to come to that area in Chicago called Greek town. So, you know, cause they get a lot of nice Greek food, Kipeda, and this and that, and that's where we, you know, go hang out on our Saturday night whenever we want to go out Yeah, yeah. Get the- and things like that that's where the greeks really go to hang out that's like the spot to go usually on the weekends
0: yeah it's um so it, it's the type of environment where you know during the day on a, on a saturday afternoon you go for your dhaki, a small exactly. and then go back home change and then head back out to Greek town for the uzaki and a bit of a bouzouki huh?
1: yeah exactly that is that is exactly <laughs> correct Unfortunately we uh, Chicago used to have Buzuki a long time ago in like seventies and the eighties and even the nineties, but then once the DJing scene kinda really took off and started coming around in like the in like the late nineties I wanna say. I was a kid at that time. I was you know, in the late nineties I was still a kid, but from what I heard from stores from guys older than me, older DJs at the time, that once the DJ scene kind of really took off on the Greek side over there in Chicago, that's when the buzuka kind of started, I guess, uh, declining. Yeah. Every now and then there is bazooka, but it was it's not as prominent as it was 25, 30, 40 years ago.
0: Yeah, for so. example,
1: like my parents will my parents will go to bazooka at the time when they first came here and they were young, and but it was like like every weekend there was bazooka, where Whereas now we don't really have the equivalent as much.
0: Yeah, yep. I guess you can say. Same, same thing goes here. You know, 20, 30 years ago, every weekend, Buzukia, Um, you know, weekend after Absolutely. weekend after weekend. Um, yeah, exactly. And it was like, it was like how it
1: was in Greece. Like, bad, yeah. like you were in Athens with Thessaloniki. Or yeah, exactly.
0: Right? And then over the years, it's just slowly died off, and there's been a very big decline in that live scene. Um, mm-hmm. And it's more. More so the DJs now that are, you know, doing their... Look, to be honest, here in Adelaide, we don't really um, have Greek nights or Greek events week after week. It's more so once a month that we would have, a, you know, a DJ Greek show or um, incorporate mm-hmm. a clarino and a buzuki with the DJs. Um, so, you know, we do we do love the live element, but it's not as widespread as it once was.
1: I guess you can say same thing here. Um, uh, like you said, every now and then uh, we will have some Greek nights featuring a live band, Buzukia, Clarino, Violi, Rotinane. We do have that once in a while, but it's not as prominent, you know, as the DJ scene. Like every weekend, at least up until COVID-19, hit, of course, but every weekend you can go to one of two Greek uh, bars, cafes, and clubs and, you know, at 11 o'clock, you walk in, and it's the DJ just pumping Greek music, whatever it was, every single weekend. Nice. Um, um, two, two places where I've DJed at, and um give them a shout-out. There's 606 Cafe, Kepo 9 Mooses. Those are the two big, I guess you can, in my opinion, the Greek uh, cafe and clubs in Chicago. Or if you're a Greek DJ in Chicago, that's where you want to go play. That's where everybody goes. From all over the Chicagoland, Greek music, like DJ music, and that's basically every single weekend. So we've been able to have that luxury versus, like you were saying, you guys have maybe something like that once a month or something like that. I just think you that here in
0: Adelaide, the population of Greeks isn't as big as what it would be in cities like Melbourne and Sydney um where right. you know they can have where we can have weekly greek events we've tried it many times but it just uh it's unfortunately one of those things that um you know it just uh it loses its touch after the first two or three weeks so that's right, why we exactly. keep it to once a month or you know once every six weeks and it builds absolutely. up it builds up a, a hunger for people to want to go to a greek event absolutely
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I and I understand what you mean by that. You know, you do it once a month in your guys' situation. Like, you've tried it outwards, like every week. It's like, okay, might not, might not be working out as much as we'd like it to. Let's do it once a month. And, like you said, you got people like, okay, this month we got to go on this date. So and so is going to be spinning. I mean, let's go because we're not going to see them for another month. There's going to be that hunger there for it. And yeah. I'm sure you, you attract a bigger crowd like Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Yeah
0: yeah no so give us a, 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 a this is where we're going to have a little bit of fun um i want to talk okay. to you about growing up greek in america and sure. um, where i can compare it with uh, growing up greek here in australia because my whole podcast series has been based on growing up greek in australia um, and like i said earlier in the podcast the whole reason i wanted you to come on is so i can do that comparison because i truly believe Wherever there is Greek diaspora around the world, um, we are all the same because we left or our parents left Greece with the same values, the same traditions, the same culture and took it with them wherever they went. So I want to compare what what you do that we do, you know, like I, 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 this is what I'm really fascinated about.
1: That, that it does sound I'm actually interested too. I want to see the similarities how it is like you said growing up in Australia, which I'm sure we're gonna find like a whole lot more similarities than possible differences, I think I think at the in the end we're both Greeks and we both grew up in the culture and, um, and this and that So it's definitely gonna you know I'm definitely interested, you know especially a lot of the funny quirky things we do
0: as here in the diaspora too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we've already touched on one thing, and that was education, where we would be sent to what you call American school or what we would call Australian school. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we'd do our daily teaching from 9 till 3 o'clock. Um, and then you would go to Greek school after hours or I would go to Greek school on the weekend. And to my parents, that was a must. We weren't allowed to skip it. Άμα δεν πας στο ελληνικό σχολείο, δεν θα ξέρεις τη γλώσσα και δεν θα μπορείς να πηγαίνεις στην Ελλάδα να μιλάς ελληνικά.
1: Exactly. And they you know, how you go to the language to talk to and what will you do equipera, and I'm like, okay guys, the power go. power,
0: The funny thing that you mentioned before is that um, American uh, English is your second language. For me, Australian English is my second language. Um, so, I couldn't speak uh, English pretty much until I went to school and my parents actually sent me to a Greek Orthodox college uh, where, you know, it was built for the Greek community of, um, of South Australia for all those Greek that, migrant parents to take their, uh, their uh-huh. children to. So it's wow, a, now, one of a kind here in Adelaide. That, that is actually very one
1: of a kind. Actually, that's, that's interesting. Greek Orthodox College. Yeah. I believe there's a couple in America. There's not any in Chicago when it comes to Greek Orthodox College. I believe there is one in, down in Florida, in Miami, one of your favorite American cities. So there you go. Another reason to possibly come visit. There you go. <laughs> um, we do have a, a Greek Academy school that is open. to. It's a private school. It's located here in Chicago. Um, and, but I believe it teaches uh, grades, uh, I believe, kindergarten, I kin- I'm sorry, from the ages of five years old until about you're getting ready to go to what we call high school at the age of 14. Okay, yeah, um, yeah it, and it's a private school and it's open for both Greeks and non-Greeks. It doesn't matter who, whoever wants to go. And it teaches what we call American, the subjects that you teach in American school. But then there's a special class that all students do take where they learn about Greek history and Greek culture. So you'll have a lot of non-Greeks that go to this school, they'll come out of this school, and they'll learn, they'll know about the culture and the history and everything, almost like how, you know, we would learn it. And it's, you know, it's an amazing
0: thing to see. So yeah, and it's very the, interesting the, like that. The, the, the funny thing about where I went, so I went to a college called St. George College, which, like we said, is an Orthodox college. So we would learn... Okay. Just like you said, it's a private school. We would learn about the Australian history um, and the politics, and then we would learn English, we would learn our mathematics and so on, so on. Um, And then also we would have our designated um, once a day Greek class. So that would be a mixture of um, Greek language and Greek culture. Um, Interesting. So I had every day 45 minutes to an hour worth of Greek lessons. Then I also got forced to do another four hours on the weekend of Greek language. When I was fluent in Greek, I could speak Greek so good that I would be teaching the other students how to speak Greek. You know, and it it just, that's the thing with the, the parents that have migrated. It's so important that the language is kept absolutely absolutely it is one of the most important things to
1: be kept in your culture is your language because when you know the language whether it's greek or any other country from that it opens up it opens up your mind and your eyes to understanding a lot of other things because there's certain things that are in greek you can't it's very hard to translate into an english or into french or german for example like it's only understood if you say it or how you say it Salinika in greek you know and it's um it's amazing to see how many modern-day words in the English language, for example, especially in the medical field,
0: that the root of them is a Greek word. Oh, it's amazing. Everything, everything it's amazing to it see. falls, uh, just like the um, the Baba in uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Everything goes back to a Greek word.
1: And, and and what's funny is people see them. They'll look at it like, "Oh, that's funny. That's a joke." I mean, yeah, in the movie it's funny, but in reality, that is true. It is. You know what I mean? And that's not. And I'm not trying to sit here and pound my chest like, "Oh, you know, you know, this and that." Allah, it, it is true. There are so many words from the language that are the root of it is from the Greek language, being
0: that it is one of the
1: first and most ancient languages to have existed.
0: It's so, amazing. So. Sticking on the language part of it, um, I, I want to ask you a funny question. Um, so growing up, were you surrounded mainly by um, by Greek friends or did you have, you know, the Americani, the, the the different Xeni uh, type friends?
1: Uh, I had the Greek friends from a young age. I'll be honest, I did not have any Xeni friends, I guess you can say, until I hit uh, high school at the age of 14 that's when I kind of had ended up having a couple of Xeni friends and by Xeni, like they were also from a different culture. Like one of my best friends at the time in high school for four years, he was from Ukraine, right. for example, he was Ukrainian. And then I had another friend, uh, he was from Poland, he was Polish, but they were both same situation as me. They knew their native tongue. They were first generation here. You know what I mean? So we had a lot of similarities, even though it's two different cultures, two different languages and countries, we saw we had a lot more things in common than let's say I had in common with the Kseni Americani kids whose you know great great grandparents have been here in America, for example. Of course, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So that that is, and then I had a few more, I guess you could call it Kseni friends in college. Yep. But I guess my best friends were always either Greek and or my and a few other of my other best friends. They were Serbian, as a matter of fact.
0: Oh, of course, so, yep. Serbian, oh, uh, yeah i one, uh, yeah, one go, of the things that um, one of the things that i remember growing up i had a serbian friend too and he would always come to me and he would go um elas Serbia orthodoxia and it would just he, we would always <laughs> sing that because that was what connected us such a different language but very similar in everything else oh absolutely
1: I was, for all, for all like the Serbian holidays that they had. My one of my best friends, he would invite me over to his house. I'd go over there for all the Serbian holidays. And he had like a bunch of uncles because his, his his dad had like several bunch of brothers. And they all would tell me they're like, Greeks and Serbians are Orthodox brothers. We love you guys. <laughs> this and that. It was the funniest thing. I was like, this is amazing,
0: you know? Uh, it's very so. good. Hey, um, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you with did you ever go through an experience where you had a Xeno friend, um, you know, come over to your house later on in life and, and, you know, your mum decides to just get really angry at you for no, absolutely no reason. And would spit out words like, Nikita, the fask Xilo Or something like that, where your friend would then turn around and say, what did she say? And you would try and translate and explain what was just said. (laughs) But, it doesn't come out right when you're saying it in english
1: oh that i i believe i believe so that happened yeah um um one time i had one of my friends one of my ukrainian best friend he came over to the house one time we were gonna play some we were playing playstation or something yep, like that yep, yep. I, if i if i can remember that story and then i want to say we were 16 or 15 years old at the time and my mom because at the time when i would play playstation she would always tell me Nakanis uh to playstation or that. You know, she would use another word for that specifically. I don't know if it's okay for me to say it on the air. But anyways, um <laughs> and so I didn't listen to her that one day. So we she came over. I'm like, oh the world, will be fine, we'll be fine. She got bama, I turned the thing on, start playing, she comes home from work at the same time and she sees me downstairs, your homework, this and, that. <laughs> and so when we speak in Greek, it's to somebody who doesn't, they think like, why are you guys yelling at each other? But really, we're not really <laughs> yelling at each other. It's just the way we speak. That's how we talk. So she went back upstairs. Exactly. And my friend looked at me. He's like, dude, what just happened? Did you just have an argument with your mom? I'm like, no, I didn't have an argument. That's how we talk. He's like, well, what is she saying? I'm like, uh, it's hard to translate in English, but I think to, you know, to put in you know, better words, I think I was supposed to do my homework before we started playing PlayStation, for example. But he thought we were legit yelling at each other. I'm <laughs> like, no, I would never yell at my mom. Are you kidding me? I love her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? it's, it's classic. I mean, I remember
0: the one time it happened to me and I had to translate to my friend what my mom said and I go, oh, she just basically told me I'm going to eat wood. And he's like, What do you yep. mean, yep. eat wood? <laughs> I go, Well, she just told me, you're going to eat wood. And he's looking at me, confused, going, I don't understand. Why would you eat wood? And I go, It's a threat. And he's trying to still understand, How is it a threat that you're going to eat wood? I go, Look, wood. in yeah. Greek, it means, <laughs> which means I'm going to smack you. And he would go, Ah, oh, right. But it translates to, um, you're going to eat wood. You so eat that's wood. the funny thing exactly. about our language. And I think, in general, all European languages, when you say one thing, it totally means a different when you translate it to English.
1: Absolutely. Like, for example, on, uh, when your mom would yell at you and say, ti or, ti padopla, You know, something like that, whatever. And let their non-Greek speaker be like, "Why is she saying? Why she's yelling to go get a spoon? Why can't she just go get it? Or why is she yelling to go get her flip flop? What's she gonna? You know, <laughs> it's like you don't want to know or experience it actually.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so. hilarious. That's gold. Well, so, absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, you know, you said that you grew up close to a um Orthodox church. Um, so is there many in Chicago?
1: There is actually there's a there's a lot of Greek Orthodox churches in the Chicagoland region. Um, for example where I live, the part of Chicago that I live, within I guess you can call it a fifteen minute radius drive, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's about five, six just Greek Orthodox churches that I can go to within a fifteen minute drive from where I live currently. Wow. Um and and Chicago they're very, very well spread out. Now, geographically how Chicago is situated is it's right on the lake, what we call Lake Michigan. So there's north side, south side, and the west side. Now each part has several parishes, has several Greek Orthodox churches. The majority of them are on the north northwest side, but there's a lot of them also from where I'm, where I live at. So they're very well spread out. So The great thing about living in Chicago as Greek Orthodox is that even if you were to move further out away from the city, more so what we call the suburbs, you can, you're still within a a 15, 20 minute drive of a Greek Orthodox church because there is so many parishes in the Chicagoland region, which, and they're all spread out very nicely too. So that's a huge plus for us over here, you know, versus I've seen other cities in America where there's only a few Orthodox parishes, and you have to drive 45 minutes one way to go to one, for example.
0: Wow, you know, you know I had the uh, Not- I had the pleasure of meeting. Um, oh, this would have been six or seven years ago. I had the pleasure of meeting the uh, then Arch- Archbishop or Metropolitan of Chicago. Um, you call them oh, Metropolitans, it- don't you? Yeah, the
1: metro the metropolitan of the Greek Orthodox the diocese here in Chicago. yes um was I believe it was uh, the Archbishop Yakovos uh, at the time
0: yes that's right yeah Yakovos. yeah yeah
1: he was yes. here in I, Australia I,
0: and um I had the pleasure of meeting him and having a really really good chat with him
1: oh wow how about that I I've, I've seen him several times when he was at you know I get his a for one of our churches of a better yeah. For example, um, you know, so, several major holidays for the ch- churches, and when we go like for Tispana years for Pascha, I would see him a few times in my life, and I've heard him give his sermon and speak, but I've never spoken to him directly, to be honest.
0: Yeah. No. No. I was at the um, time. So at the time, I was a um, I was a secretary in my local parish here in Adelaide, and there was okay. a um, big Australian conference of clergy and uh, lay people and i was uh, elected to go for on behalf of my parish and he was the guest speaker so um i had a, a little intimate um drink with him uh, at one of the functions that we had and had a bit of a chat and i told him you know my wishes are to one day go to america and he was telling me all these wonderful things about chicago and i told him i was a michael jordan fan and uh, then you know we sort of hit off from there So. Valenti, you're, you,
1: you're the man You're the man you get I'm from Chicago, Jordan is God Over here oh,
0: oh <laughs> mate. almost I'm I'm currently having this argument with one of my very close friends Who thinks LeBron is The shit when it comes to American uh, basketball He thinks he is the God And I said nah No one, no one will ever take the title away from MJ me, for,
1: for me I, I understand that for me it's coming from a biased opinion, being that I was born here in Chicago. I grew up a Bulls fan. Like I, you know, I've been to a game where I saw him and Scottie Pippen and those guys play in the '90s. My dad took me, you know, wow, uh, one time. Now it was for, for further away, but I still got to see Jordan play live. I had the starter jacket. I had the posters and of all the titles and everything in my room and stuff. So like growing up in Chicago in the '90s as a Bulls fan was definitely a surreal experience. So I, I know I'm coming from a biased opinion, but for me, Jordan will always be the greatest of all time because I have that also that, I guess you could say, that nostalgia, that childhood connection to it, I guess you can say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, but LeBron is definitely in my top three. There's no denying it. Great, amazing player. You know what I mean? If you can start a draft, you know what I mean, and Jordan is not included, then yeah, definitely he's one of the players I would absolutely pick. But for me, I'd have to go with Jordan as the GOAT of all time. That's for me. Oh, uh, look, you know? the,
0: hands down the GOAT. No, it's just hands down. There's no further question. Exactly. <laughs> um, what, what about is uh, is our Greek friend uh, in your top three too?
1: Oh, Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Oh, I guess right now, current NBA athletes, he is definitely in my top three. Absolutely, oh. he is literally his nickname. He literally is a freak of nature. And where he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks is actually a one-hour drive north of Chicago. I haven't gone to see him play live yet, but I plan on it. Janis. As a matter of fact.
0: Janis Bukumbo,
1: uh, One of my good friends who also DJs, uh, Nico Pandazi, he's met him in person. They ran into each other at the airport one time. Oh, wow. Here in Chicago. And he t- took a picture with him. And just the sheer size of him. Because oh, Nico's imagine. about, I guess you want to say my my height. I mean, just looking in the picture, I'm like, good god, there's a monster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh jeepers! So, um, uh, I'm just I'm I'm looking at my questions because I had all these questions written down, and we've pretty much spoken about everything without me even asking the questions. Um. But sure. tell me tell me what your most funniest moment or funniest life experience is as a Greek kid whether it be something funny that you experience with your parents or your extended family um you know just give, give me give me a, a good laugh about something um oh, I'm, t- I'm trying to think oh. or just uh, something uh. some funny quirk that your parents would always do um you know just that no one else but greeks would understand
1: oh um let's see here yana though i'm trying to think right now some funny quirks um i don't know anytime we're anytime i've gone to the store like to pick up groceries or anything like that with my mom or my ar or something like that and um i guess uh we're, we're speaking greek to each other this and that and then I'm, 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 tr- I'm trying to think, just like people overhearing our conversation and looking at us all like, you know, weird, like, you know, with that weird cockeyed, <laughs> like, you know, what the heck are they talking? You know what I mean? Because the Greek language, I guess, I don't know what Xeni would categorize it as. Like when someone hears Spanish, they know it's Spanish. When someone hears Italian, they know it's Italian or French or Arabic or Chinese, you know, Greek, when someone hears Greek, they I always get that look like, you know, what the hell are you speaking? Where the hell are you from? Um, um, uh, I guess Oh, a few other times when I've been over at, uh, we've been over at some, you know, friend's house, friend of the family's house or whatever. And some people are like sitting on the floor and I go to step over their feet. You know, my mom yells at me like, you know, they're going yeah. to, they're going to stop growing. And then <laughs> you have to step back. And then the person's looking at us like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? <laughs> you know, things like that, you know, just funny, you know, quirkiness. You know, or if I say something, you know, bad or whatever, you know, don't say it twice.
0: Hey do, I'm like, oh jeez. Do the Greeks in um in Chicago have that really, really silly tradition um of the um the calo saloni?
1: The Carlos Saloni. Oh, let me guess. Is that the forbidden room that no one's allowed to go and sit in? Yes. It's yes. Yes. So we called it, yes. So Carlos Saloni, so In English, they call it the living room. That's where all the Greek moms and grandmothers and daughters, they put their most prized, you know, possessions. Yeah, yeah. Most and they nicest have... couches and vases. They get pictures. Equimesa. Que canenos borina pa' na you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the couch is covered <laughs> in like 30-year-old plastic that's never been moved. We we used
1: to have that at our old house. In our new house, we don't. Yet see the couches that we have, then um, they didn't put plastic on them. But but no one's allowed to sit in there. And if my my mom see just one speck of scornia, it's, oh, over. it's, it's done. over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Forget oh. it. I know exactly what we're talking about. That's the forbidden room. No one's allowed to sit in there. That's and, and that's what? the first room to be shown to guests. They oh, walk in absolutely. the house it's like, Yana to "I'm to show off," you know. Alla, and then Alla. here's the rest of the house. Okay, have a good night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally.
0: They they show the saloni, but it's like, Allah emi sta pame kini na to mas." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, uh, uh, you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> what's the point of this room? Oh. You paid all this money for the house. You got a room that you don't use. It's a nice luxury to have, I guess. I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, wow. That is I know so exactly good. What you That's mean. very good. How about um, when you have uh, visitors over at the house, how many times do they stop and say goodbye before they actually get in the car and leave?
1: Oh, the Greek goodbye is minimum thirty minutes to almost an hour. You know, <laughs> they sit there, give each other the look when the cafe owner like says to Christo, "Prepi na tfigome." That's when they start figuring, "Yes, Oh, prepi na saspo." So and so, so uh, told you to say hi to the kid, and then twenty minutes later, oh, prepi na saspo imanamu so sipetuto the kid, so, and, the so, and, the and then they start talking about one story to another that leads to another, and often an hour later they're sent back down. Yana <speaking> lo cafe. E to ara ta prepi na tfigome oh you know, yeah i'm like no, oh no. my goodness no. i know yeah and and i do that a lot too amongst like our friends that you know when we go out when we're saying goodbye it lasts 30 minutes to 45 minutes oh absolutely sure you know it's the same by you guys there's right? been
0: plenty of times where my mother would have rung me this is my pre-married days where my mum would have rung me and go um and I'll go, Yeah, mom, no worries. I'll be five minutes. I'm just saying goodbye. That five minutes would turn into forty five minutes because by the time I say goodbye and walk to the car, it's um, you know, there's a whole new conversation that started. So <laughs> Well, I, I
1: know what you mean. I there's been times I'm sitting with the door open, the car started, we're still having a conversation. I have one foot in the car and we're sitting out there for another twenty minutes talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Hey, give oh, me yeah. uh I want to i'll just this is my uh this is my ultimate question because i'm i'm pretty sure by going by what we've talked about so far you have experienced life the same way i have so what was your parents favorite weapon of choice when it came to disciplining you
1: Ah, uh, for me there was levels to the thing man i'm going to be honest now if it was something light i got the putada yep okay if it was something semi bad it was maybe a, a much heavier Kutalo or maybe like the padopla, one of those two. Um, and then if I did something really bad, then but oh, Patel's Lurita and at that point, he what he, he just him taking the lurita, I was like, okay, 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 I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. But that rarely ever happened. I want to say nine times out of ten, it was the Kutala.
0: okay, nine times okay. out of
1: ten, and yeah, and this yep. thing was made yep. out of pure. The probably the most durable wood you can find. I don't know who decided to make spoons like this. I want to find them and strangle him because they hurt. Oh, very, absolutely. Very well, they
0: Those are the sp- those wooden spoons are the ones that weren't made in China. You know, you use them once and they break.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, these were probably <laughs> the same ones that were made from like the from the trees that you get. In that were like probably the, made the from Appalachia.
0: the the olive trees yeah. in Kalamata or something.
1: Oh, pro- probably absolutely, absolutely. cutala. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Oh, God, what did I do now? That dreadful cutala. I know. I could just imagine my mother
0: leaving Greece. You know, she had a a suitcase half filled of clothes and half filled with uh, durable cutales, you know, knowing what she's going to use them for later in life. No, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure Capucinelada, there is someone who just does that. They just sew wooden cutales and they're making a killing on it.
0: You know oh, hilarious.
1: I'm sure, you know, I yeah, what what was that the same for you? Was that uh oh, absolutely
0: toys? so my mother yeah my mother would use the Kutala um for any any reason. Um if I if I needed to be disciplined, I'd have the Kutala. But there were the instances where things got really bad and I, I may have stepped over line and she would bring out the um the Tigani. So the frying tigani, pan. That,
1: now, that's something new. That, I never got the tigani.
0: Oh, I got the, that. I got the tigani once in my life. Um, oh. Thankfully, it wasn't straight off the fire. So it was, uh, you know. Just, thankfully. It was off she the.
1: Spared, she spared you the first degree burn. <laughs> that's nice of her. Um, you know? But with my father,
0: <laughs> it was um, it was either the lurida or um, the verca. Now, uh, do you know what a verca is? It could be. It could be. My dad yep. would have this grapevine, and uh, every once a year, once the grapes had stopped uh, growing, he would trim it, you know, like prepare it for the year after, but he would always mm-hmm. take the long vines and dry them out so he could use them as a as a weapon to discipline.
1: Oh, wow. See, I didn't, uh, my father didn't go to that extent. He didn't have a grapevine, Allah. If he did, he probably would have done the same thing. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm almost guaranteed. Luckily, we didn't have that here at the house. So I, I got, uh, I got spared from that. So, oh. but I'm, I am I feel for you, Phil I am so sorry.
0: Oh. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, Nikita, this has been an absolutely fantastic chat and I really do appreciate, um, you know, you giving me your time. I know it's, uh, I it. so what would it be now? It'd be uh, close to nine o'clock at night?
1: Oh, right now, it is quarter to 9 p.m. It is 8.46 p.m. currently okay. in Chicago.
0: There you go. So we've, yeah. we've been having a really good hour of uh, chit-chat. Um, and I uh, just give me, the, this is the one last thing I want to ask you, and I want you just to be sure. as open as you can. What does Absolutely. it mean to you being Greek?
1: Um, I think it's,
0: and I'll put you on the spot I now.
1: I think it's, you know, because there's so many things about being Greek in our culture, in our life. I think the first most important thing is, oh God, the, 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 to be honest, I know it sounds like, you know, an a simple question. Like if somebody that was American asked me this question, like I would be able to answer answer to them very easily. But when it's like Greek to Greek, Cause we under, cause we have a mutual understanding. It's tough. I would always, I, for me, it has to be about knowing, no, knowing your history, where you come from, respecting your elders, get these, these through your roots. You know what I mean? Understanding your Greek culture from both the ancient times, the Byzantine times, and now all the way to the modern times, you know? Yeah. And it's just for a civil, for our people that we've been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it's just amazing to see that we have similar ways of thinking and how our language has lasted over the times. It, it's, I don't know, I guess even, it's a blessing. is the best way I could put it. It truly is a blessing. Cause Absolutely. you see how much we've given the world through our culture, through our language, our food, for example, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, but that doesn't even like touch the tip of the surface you know, and just how, and you know, how growing up in a Greek family is such an amazing, such an amazing experience, you know, and being that we have so many similarities. Like for example, I'm all the way here in America born here. You're all the way in Australia born here. We just connected not too long ago. And yet I have more similarities that I have with you than I do with people, friends that are not Greek that I've known for decades. For example,
0: Absolutely, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's the, um, um, the, the pride, the pride of the national, the nationality. Like, just we're we proud Absolutely. to be Greek. Also, it's the philoxenia. Absolutely. This is one thing that cannot be described in English. The philoxenia,
1: where there's no know, direct definition of it. To be fairly honest, like I, like you said, the philoxenia. I don't, I don't, I don't receive that. From the non-Greeks, whereas elines and it's a natural thing; it comes off naturally. It's not like it's forced or
0: anything. That's right. You, know? you, you could pick, you know, you, uh, you could pick up the phone to a friend, a Greek friend, and um, you know, just the slight, slight inclination that there's something wrong. They'll pick up on it and say, "Hey, is everything okay? Come over." You know, let's let's have a chat, rah, 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 or the second you step foot in their house, there's already, you know, um, a whole trapezi waiting for you. It's it's just, it's something you don't experience with other fillets. Exactly. Like, for example, if you were to ever, for example, visit
1: here to Chicago, or if I were to ever come to Adelaide and visit over there in Australia, for example.
0: Oh, you wouldn't be I spending any time if- in your hotel room. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exact same thing over here. I would tell you, yeah. we have a whole extra bedroom just for any guests. You know what I mean? With a cafe ready for you and and I all ready for you the moment you wake up, you know, and we do things like that, not because, you know, we like, oh, we have to do it because we want to do it,
0: you know? Absolutely. So just letting you know, when, uh, when I book my tickets, I'll be over there within the next year. Um, I like my morning café, Metrio.
1: Metrio? Okay. Well, we're going to have to make our supper. You know, when I'm, when I'm talking about Frappe, for example, Glico me
0: gala, Frappe and Daxi, that's a different story. When I'm talking, I'm that's talking El café. El café.
1: Oh, El café. Yeah. I have to put sugar in mine.
0: Oh, wow. You no. Know. I like Metrio. I like Metrio. <laughs>
1: You're
0: like my Yaya. She likes Metrio. Yeah, no, it's oh, yeah. A, no sugar is very picaro, but when it's just one sugar, one coffee, beautiful. Can't can't complain.
1: <laughs> can't complain. Yeah, it, uh, understood. Absolutely, file. Nas Thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it having this open conversation with you for your podcast. You know, I've only known you for a short amount of time that we've been connected to social media, but after talking today, I feel like I've known you for like twenty-five, like all all thirty of my years. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean that's,
0: that's, that's what it truly feels like same here it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm really looking forward to all your future work as well um you know keep sending it my way so I can thump it out on my radio show um absolutely. But just yeah thank you so much Nikita and um, you know just enjoy the rest of your night and I'm sure that we're going to talk again soon very very soon Absolutely we'll be talking soon again you
1: have a good night it was a pleasure as always Na. And we will talk soon, Megan, okay?
0: And there we have it Nikita, all the way from Chicago. We just—I honestly can't thank him enough for the time that he's given me, and you know the short amount of time that I have known him, um, and obviously, you know through social media we've connected. I feel like he's been part of my life for a very, very long time, purely because everything I have experienced growing up, he has too. I was a firstborn here in this uh, beautiful country. He was a firstborn in over in his beautiful country america and australia have very big similarities when it comes to the ellenico diaspora the diaspora and it shows in the conversation that we've had how similar we are everything i've spoken about in previous episodes obviously has come out in this interview and he's experienced that as well so being first born not being able to speak English for, you know, the first few years of his life, um, you know, Greek being the first language, the ethi and Ethima that mum and dad have at their home, the way that we would get uh, tortured and punished for doing something wrong, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Same as um, him, I grew up with just having Greek friends um, and only was it later in life that I had the xeni friends. Um but it's been it's it was a fantastic episode, guys. In the next coming episodes, we've got some really really big beauties. Um, I've lined up an interview with the one and only Basil, the Greek comedian over in America. So we're going to be talking to him about the way he's grown up in America, and I'll tell you what he's done three DVD series on growing up Greek in America. So. I'm really, really looking forward to it. A very good friend of mine, and I've finally been able to get him off of his busy schedule for just an hour to have a bit of a chat to us. Um, in future episodes, I've also lined up to talk to the one and only George Diakomichalis here from Adelaide, Kalimnos Pastries, who is a massive, massive passionate person when it comes to everything greek i mean he runs his own tv series it's all greek to me and it really sinks in well with uh what i'm trying to do with this podcast series and what i'm trying to educate the xeni the non-eliness the non-greeks on this um on this podcast guys we're gonna leave it there uh, thank you very much for understanding that uh, you know each episode um, with especially with these interviews does take its time to uh, get organized and uh, you know interview when you're 14 15 hours behind but it's happened and we're ha- we're so excited um, technology does make things a lot easier to be honest it's great Um as always, make sure you listen into my radio show every Monday night, Geffy Live Radio, uh, with DJ Valadi, myself, and of course um, Snoop Jonathan Ginopoulos, When it comes to sports, not that he knows anything about sports, but hey, each to their own. Let him have his moment. I give him fifteen minutes, and he takes forty-five. Anyway, whatever. Caloprogramma. <laughs> Every Monday night on au, or you can watch our live stream, facebook.com forward slash Geffy Live Radio or forward slash DJ Valandi. If you have any feedback or anything you'd like to hear on my podcast series, if you want to make a funny comment that you want to he- um, uh, uh, hear in our... Uh, or, you know what, even a funny... Um, a funny event, situation, um, a memory. Guys, honestly, email me, admin at geffy.live. I would love to hear everyone and have some input. And if you want, we'll organise a call. You can come on to the show um, and we will make it a fun time, honestly. We've got, this podcast is just getting better and better and um, I'm really looking forward to spreading it out and inviting everyone on to just be a Greek or a lover of Greek, a philoelina, philohelene. Guys, that's it from me. Thank you very much again to our sponsors, Sulitziolos from National Realty. Always a pleasure dealing with him. Um, If you've got any uh, one that you want, uh, sorry, if you need to sell your home or buy a house, touch base with him. He's, uh, you know, one of the agents down there at Port Adelaide. And he can definitely help you. Obviously, we've got um, Just Dance Fitness with Martha. Martha Cav is number one when it comes to dance fitness. She is the original and the best here in Adelaide. And she knows what she's doing. And it's not just Greek dancing. She incorporates quite a few different things, five nights a week, guys. Um, And there's all different locations around Adelaide. $10 a class, justdancefitness.com.au for more information. That's it. Naste kala. This is Valandi.
1: Whether it's America, Australia, Germany, Canada, wherever there's a large number of Greek diaspora, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um living in another country, but you're not ethnically from that country. You're ethnically from another one, you know, especially if you have, if you keep your culture and especially in our case, the Orthodox religion is a big part of our culture and our community and whatnot. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know,
1: you, 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 you see both sides of, I guess you could say the coin, both how the lifestyle is in the country that you're currently living in and also your country of your ethnicity. So you definitely see, you know, two sides of the coin. A lot of times people that are born in one country and their family's been there for generations and things like that, they don't really get that full on experience because whoever, whatever their ethnicity may be, their family's been there generation after generation, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely a blessing, I believe.